Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Greetings, comrades, and welcome to Eastern Border. And for once, we have Victor, if you remember Victor, hero of the Eastern Border, and my personal savior. He's back in Germany from his uh, mildly interesting adventures in Ukraine that we just want to talk about and everything else that we actually didn't manage to record properly together and everything about what we saw in Ukraine. And we're also going to be talking about current events a bit because some interesting things have happened today. For one, it was Prigozhin's funeral. Secondly, our best buddy, Igor Girkin, you know, he had his second court today. He kind of claimed the Appalachian thing so that he would be moved out of his uh, chizo, you know, that uh, temporary holding cell. Yes, that's the thing. I forget how to English with you because uh, we're not used to English. We're used to communicating through the power of love and uh, speeding massively. <laughs> yeah, so, well, I've been in Ukraine, I think, almost two weeks longer than you or like 10 days longer than you. I think so, because like I arrived back in uh, nine. Yeah, it was, it was like... It was like 10 days longer than me. I had to be home and everything. I was gone for this whole trip for five weeks. It's also good that we just talked now because it literally took like days until my brain started to process everything after like sleeping every night in a different bed or in a different place and being uh, in sleep three again, different countries let's, let's or sleep in at all in yeah because <laughs> uh, due to some interesting things that happened on the way all the time like all the time uh, sleeping was sometimes not the thing that we did. No, why would you sleep? You can also just drive 600 kilometers. It's also fine. I am looking at this thing. And that's the first thing I'm going to do in September. I already have announced it to everyone because like, it's finally the high time when I learn how to drive. Because if we're going to do, and we will do projects in the future together, yep. I simply must learn how to drive for the simple fact that maybe then we can like, you know, change and sleep sometimes. Which be nice. As people have heard my my story of everything. Well, what's yours? What did you do after after I left? All right. So, I mean, the reason I wanted to stay was to do what I actually thought I would be doing first thing I come to Ukraine, which is um, mm-hmm. I know these guys from Renegade Relief Runners, and I really wanted to um, see what they're doing and go on a mission with them. So that didn't happen when we arrived. We just briefly like met them and uh, went to the headquarters in Bucha, mm-hmm. which is from where they're like doing most of the operations. But they also have like apartments in um, Kharkiv and also other places for logistical support and all of that. It's quite a complex operation. And I wanted to go out with them. Then I started to chill for a few days at Anthony's place. At that point, we thought we would get our actual accreditation. Yes. <laughs> didn't matter in the end anyways. No, I didn't use it one single time. And... I was uh, chilling at Anthony's place, doing some stuff, filming lots of things. I I went into an actual war zone, which is happening on the Dnipro embankment, which is a massive battle of millions and millions of ants, which I filmed. That was pretty cool. So I did uh, did actually go to the front line. Technically, we did. I mean, we uh, we've been in between the positions. Technically, technically that river was the front line where we uh, accidentally stumbled upon 
things whilst actively being in a, in a minefield that none of us was aware of uh, technically it, uh, in a minefield it was it was just uh, I, yeah, i've spoken about a lot of this stuff this, it was a crazy crazy time with you i really hope it was safer for you afterwards no so oh, what happened is that well i stayed for a few days and I, I, I did some work i filmed some stuff in kiev i met some people some very interesting people uh, who i will go back to in ukraine at some point mm -hmm. i met a guy who is a very lovely person we almost met him in dnipro he um, contacted me doing the crowdfunding and all of that for the project and it turns out he's a pathologist and he is working in a hospital in dnipro which is where he's responsible for doing the pathological work on the tissue samples from the military hospital meaning what? like he takes care of all the amputations and oh. the well, the body parts of all of that so that's quite a gruesome job and that's quite an interesting job to like remind people of the whole scope of the whole war thing and 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 the secondary victims and all the people who are traumatized oh. the, the workers and helpers and all of that because he was also it's troubling work to him too um, so I met this guy, which was really very important. But then I also booked my tickets back and I wanted to go back to Germany. I already told my girlfriend, I told my parents. I was like, okay, guys, I'm going back. It's all fine. Waiting for the Renegade Relief Runners. And then last minute, they tell me, oh, we're going out today. And like, you have one hour basically to decide if you cancel your tickets and come with us to Kharkiv. And uh, naturally, I canceled all my tickets and had no way back anymore. Uh, everything was a bit uncertain. I didn't have a car with a license number plate. To even go to Lviv and all of that but I joined them and we went to Kharkiv together and it was a very super interesting trip you also scared the crap out of me at one point oh yeah but that's later that's it's, later that needed no, to happen thanks sir I already have forgotten that it's always it's it's fine I, I won't think about it it's it's, it's cool I mean, <laughs> no because the thing is like if I learned one thing then it's how to talk really fast to authorities and say like okay I'm a journalist and I'm doing this and that and like make them actually not be a trouble to you although like actually none of the Ukrainians doing the whole trip has ever been anything but helpful I think um, except for the one guy who wanted to beat me up yeah okay fun. how did that happen Ah, okay, so, well, you went on your whole adventure after the yeah. border, going back to Latvia, and I went on my whole own adventure, because on the border, when I was saying goodbye to you, a soldier approaches my car and goes like, hey, by the way, um, uh, your tire is basically broken, and I was told, um, well, I, I looked at my tire and was like, so close to breaking, and I'm at the border station, there's no service place there, I didn't have any cash on me, I know how much it would cost, and I had to get that, and then I get to a service place for the car. So I was driving away from that, uh, going to a small border town, just being super fucking tired. I didn't sleep for like 12 hours consecutively. The day basically started in Zaporizhia, then we drive to Kiev, then we drive to the Polish border, which is like, I don't know what, like a thousand kilometers away from Zaporizhia at that point. And I was just driving and I accidentally cut a guy off. So he honked behind me, it was just a big fucking ladder, and I was like fucking tired, I go like, okay, he honks, I'm too tired, I need to stop by the side of the road, look at my phone, okay, where do I go, I have an almost broken car, I cannot drive over 70 kilometers an hour, I am... Um, tire as hell and okay i go there i look up and the guy parked in front of me big fucking guy started walking towards me really angry and wanted to beat me up and thought because i held at the side of the road that i wanted to uh, beat him up too because he honked at me so i of fucking course. drive of, off of, of course you did. <laughs> so i drive off he tries to kick the car and starts tailing me and i cannot drive more than 70 because my tire is going to break any second and this guy who wants to beat me up is driving behind me i cannot just speed off which i could easily do if i had big tires and he thinks i still want to beat him up because why the fuck is this audi a5 the car that we had so slow why would i drive so slow because he didn't know about the tire so i was basically tailed by him then i somehow got rid of him then i needed to go to the next town there i couldn't get money from the bank then i needed to go to the next town where a policeman stopped me and i thought it was a police guy and he's asked me like where do you go and i'm like i go to kiev he goes like okay i go like okay i don't know what the hell he said but i'm just dobro dobro and he just uh, opens the door sits next to me and just wants to drive with me because i thought i wanted to give him a ride so i had this uh, official next to me still with the almost broke breaking tires who I was just too fucking tired to get rid of. So I drive another hundred kilometers with this random Ukrainian guy next to me until he says like, oh, I go just to Kiev with you. And I was like, no, 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 you cannot 
do that. I, I got rid of him. And then I, I was finally able to get money, get cash, I mean, uh, get to the tire shop. And then they actually fixed my car for free because you talked with them for like five seconds. <laughs> um, it, it was just... I explained them who you are. That's all I did. I was like, yeah. that's my German friend. He's a journalist. Please help him. He's nice. Yeah, and they were amazing. Like, yeah, really awesome people. Like all of the Ukrainians, super helpful. And then when I drove back off the town, the thing happened, which happened around a dozen times when we were there, is that we get to know a place. It's a tiny town, not a lot of people living there. We meet some people, we see some places, we go away from there. I checked the news two days later and the fucking place got bombed. So they bombed the little village with like 700 people living there where they fixed my tire and then they bombed it and somebody died. And that was a thing that happened a lot. And that's a thing that's like still happening happening so like the thing that that's really heavy when you leave ukraine is just like still having the apps still having no, all the chat rooms and that, seeing that was, like that was there yeah. all the time that was a thing that was just constantly with yep. us every time every single time we left a place it was bombed either the day before or it got bombed like the very next day yep it was just insanity and that was really depressing you try to you try to understand what's happening there and and it just so sad. And the, the, the biggest hitter for me, which happened just after I recorded my own episode about the whole thing, is that, you know, that's that Fozzy store that we drove past by when we were delivering those. Um, I remember just pointing at the store and making fun of its silly name as we were driving back from the border when we delivered our receipts for, for that event. Like, that, that was the Fozzy store. We drove past it like multiple times yeah. and back again all the time. And then and, and you understand that, no, that place is forever gone at this point. And, just, and it doesn't have any purpose. It's just cynicism why they bomb it. I wanted to ask you, by the way, after all this, what's your take on everything? I mean, uh, I, I've been there multiple times now. Now you've been there. If someone else wants to go and do some projects in a war zone, what would be the number one advice that you would give them? Okay, so first of all, the, the difficult part of getting there is it's, it's there. very possible to get there. The only thing that's difficult is that you will have to plan and continuously plan and try and try to get there for a certain amount of time and you cannot have any doubts about it. If you have doubts, you just stop. That's what happened to basically half of the team that was supposed to go with us, like the other half of the team didn't have the will to just continue to try and get there. That's one and thing. Will, and they will but, smell their fear. Yeah. Well, I'm actually surprised. I was not afraid one single time the whole trip but that heavily depends on what type of person we are you are and it, we talked about this it's also in the nature of being a journalist or a filmmaker where you're kind of inherently dissociative because you're not recording your own story and your own life you're just there to watch and observe and you just start to dissociate and that can happen to you if you go there but back to the question i really would like more people to go there i would like more people from germany to go there and volunteer and help out there's like stuff you can do you can go to organizations you don't have to go to frontline you don't have to go to cities where you don't have the time to go to a bomb shelter before anything hits you i was surprised there was not a lot of german volunteers and that's something i talked about with the with the renegade relief runners and i think it's something that that a lot of people should do because you come back to europe and you understand just so much more about your own country like here people are very confused Used sometimes even about the trident hat that I wear basically 24-7 at the moment. By the way, I sent off all those hats. I know that they're, they've gotten to everyone in Europe and I know that at least one American has gotten them. I really hope that uh, like today or like tomorrow they should arrive in the States with other things. But yeah, and that's yeah. great. I still have to give um, some of mine to the people. But one thing I really learned to appreciate is the power of symbolism, the power of wearing a flag, of, of having the German flag. The only thing I re regret really from this whole trip is that I didn't have a German flag with me 24-7 because I really wanted to show that I am from Germany. I support you. My country has been good at supporting Ukraine technically, but not really good at the whole publicity part of it and the rhetorical part of that and yeah i really really would have liked to have done that because lots of people like you see um lots of ukrainians wear the american flag or like even i saw some british flags they wear the caps and all of that i didn't see one single german flag and that's really sad because we're like second biggest supporter of ukraine mm -hmm. and it didn't really yeah, get they, through to but, them but they knew about you i because that was the one thing that 
Yeah, like I always started all the conversations. The thing that popped into my own head, which I didn't say, uh, I always started every conversation with, hello, he's German, I'm Latvian, and that's an American. And then they just proceed from there. This is the first thing I mentioned, because I spoke in Russian. Yeah, that's also all the Russian I know, like, um, hello, and uh, honest Yermani, honest Americani, or something like that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard that like a million times during the whole trip. That was necessary. I, yeah, I, I get why. Like, it made the whole cultural struggle of our times very, very easy to realize. Like, you, you, you could see the bigger picture. Like, we are people from Germany. You're, you're from Latvia. We are uh, all in this together. The Ukrainians are fighting and dying for what is essentially our world because they want to join us. And people who, who would destroy everything we have if they could are trying to kill them. And they're dying. And we're just sending them money and they're sending their lives. And that was really heavy to see also when we went there so when we went to Kharkiv mm-hmm. um let's get back to the whole trip that i was yeah, doing sure. without you so we went to Kharkiv and there we worked together with kraken which is a special forces i'm not sure of the size of it it used to be a battalion i think now it's a regiment but oh, i might man, be wrong I, I, I wanted to get their badge oh god oh yeah i, I would, would have really loved to get one of their badges but i work with them i have pictures with these guys holding their flag and uh, standing cool. in villages that have been devastated by the russians and giving those people food and it was really um eye-opening to see what they're doing because they are doing the hearts and mind stuff they're going to places that have been blasted with russian propaganda they have people coming to them and say well we were told when you come you will uh, take our food away and uh, rape our daughters and all of that and now you're giving us food what is happening i am confused we had even people who have been kind of suspicious we had all kinds of reactions from the actual mm-hmm. village people so we went to like deep villages um mm-hmm. East of Izium. So at some point we have been like around 40 kilometers away from the active front line. Mm-hmm. And we got very different reactions. Some people were very shy. Some people also seemed exhausted. Some people were a little bit annoyed of like the whole procedure. But I also saw, well, the whole machinery of, of the humanitarian work. You go there, you set up a table, you go through the list, you ask which family gets how much. And for that, the um, renegade relief runners who are kind of doing logistical support and bringing in more supplies from the Kiev region that they managed to organize. And then they meet up with Kraken, who are then talking to the locals. They know the administration from the villages, the people responsible for everything. They coordinate all of that. And it was a very bureaucratic, but very effective procedure. And then they get their food. They take a picture with everyone who gets their food. And then they go off to the next village. And I was actually, I wanted to tell you about this. I was approached by this amazing lady who in the first village was the only one who came to me with a big smile on her face and started talking to us and said Spasiva, thank you for coming and all of that and I, I had a guy f- from Renegade Relief Runners with me and he translated and we did an interview with her and it turns out actually her daughter is a refugee in Hamburg and her granddaughter was seriously very very ill and she told me with tears in her eyes how a German doctor saved her and she knew the name of the doctor and she was so thankful and she cried and and said I am so happy I am smiling because my daughter is safe and it was really moving that was really cool and I now have the context of the daughter and I'm writing with her and I'm going to visit her in Hamburg to like make a whole circle of that story because it was really yeah, beautiful. Yeah, those are the things that stick with you, I think. Things that, you know, you can sometimes make a difference with, with this. If you feel like you're actually doing something, if you're working there and you know, being a journalist, like sometimes you don't actually really understand what are we achieving with this. But then when something like this happens, when, when you do understand, when you do get some results, it's one of those little things that it makes you forget all the, all the unslept nights and all the other things that you've seen. The fact that you've actually helped maybe someone and there's meaning to what you do. I I can really get that. Hello there, and thanks for listening to another episode of The Eastern Border. Dear Patreons, thank you more than ever for supporting our show. Your donations are crucial to keep us going, and right now all of your money is going to securing good information for you and to fund Kristov's actual real-life mission to Ukraine to report to you live about the war that is going on there. Also, we would like to use this opportunity to urge you to donate to other organizations that are helping people escape Ukraine safely and to defend the country for those who decide to stay on the ground. One such organization we would like to highlight is the Defending Ukraine Together Come Back Alive movement. 
Launched in 2014, the Comeback Alive became the biggest organization providing support to the armed forces of Ukraine. You can donate directly from their webpage comebackalive.in.ua. Remember that no donation is too small. In this situation, every dollar matters, every cent matters. If you're uncomfortable with giving money to war, they do have a position on their website that they are providing Ukrainian army with laptops, lights, photo equipment, cables, and is not purely military. Perhaps that might change your mind, but remember you can also donate to strictly humanitarian organizations such as the Red Cross and others that are helping people escape Ukraine safely. Please also keep following us on social media for all of your latest updates on Eastern Border on places like Twitter and Facebook. Keep listening, keep yourself informed. That's all from me now. See you online. It's great. Yes. And I'm, I'm really happy that you experienced this because, again, when we were together in our time, everything that could go wrong did go wrong. It was pretty bad. So, And resulted in bad. something awesome anyways. Yeah, I mean... What I found also very interesting is the whole network of being a journalist. So getting the connections to people, asking people questions. Somebody knows this, somebody knows that, how everything works together, mm -hmm. how actually journalism works. That was really interesting to see also because uh, you introduced me to this whole world and also your certain type of gonzo journalism, uh, to which I hope uh, I proudly consider myself your apprentice in all of that. <laughs> well, thank you. I mean, uh, you did talk your way out of uh, many an issue, so um, I'm pretty sure it's fine. <laughs> also, you're really, I'm really glad that you actually managed because when you called me about the tires, it happened uh, exactly oh, exactly as I was sitting in Latvian, like Riga Airport. I had just landed. I just hugged Evita. And at that point, you call me like that's an instant. It was fine. It was fine. It was it was okay. I was just worried the guy was scamming me because I stopped my car there and I was like, okay, I have I could only get enough money for one the, the shell of a tire, and he started to take off the tire, replace it, go and say like, okay, where can I give you a, a replacement tire? Can I put it in the trunk and all of that? And I was like, oh my god, I do not have the money for all of that. And I told him, and and I tried to get this to him, and then he said like, no, don't worry, it's free. Uh, thank you no, for helping us and all of that. Look, yeah, don't think about for, it. For, for once, you <laughs> should have listened to your own thing and like just not think about it. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of it's kind of hard to do sometimes. I, I understand. But then that's one thing that I've learned. Sometimes just not thinking about it is the best that you can do. Just to keep saying. <laughs> yeah, just shove it into the unconscious part of your brain. It will get processed eventually. I mean, at one point, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but so what happened? That you, you went to the Renegade Relief Gunners and that, what happened? We, we went story. to three different villages and gave them food and all of that. That was the humanitarian mission and then we went to a hotel and there was a cobblestone in front and we went to a restaurant there was cobblestone in front of that restaurant and i noticed like the at this point very familiar markings of cluster ammunition on asphalt or yeah, cobblestone i like how you i know all this stuff because at one point it does become very familiar markings that you can just instantly recognize yeah yeah and i was with people actually documented um Some of these guys from Renegade Relief Runners, and we're going to have a really weird documentary thing coming out about them. And one of them uh, said, okay, so I'm going to tell you what happened here. And uh, it's the restaurant. We had a laugh there. We, we chilled there. It was all just a nice evening. And then just like 10 meters next to the restaurant, he told me the story of how they got shelled, how they had to save the life of a guy who got hit with a cluster ammunition. His leg was um, blown to pieces, his arm was gone, his torso was very damaged and they had to apply tourniquets. He, he was 19, I think at the time, had to cut off the guy's leg and they then got a call on the phone of this injured guy and it was the brother and they had to explain to the brother what was happening at the moment. And the thing is, this guy I talked to, he asked me about his age and I said 30. I thought he was 30, older than me. And he opened the app, showed, showed me his like passport ID and goes like, no, no, I'm 20. And I was like, what happened? And then after he told me that story, it's like, clear, yeah, this is, this is what happens to you. Also, everybody in Ukraine estimated me to be way younger because I haven't been in Ukraine long enough yet to get this kind of 
trauma aging and this thing that you get in your eyes if you see things like that and you can you can really grasp at a moment like these when they're literally standing on the place where they're just living their normal lives and they know the person died there in, next to them that was really terrible like i don't know that was one of the things that yeah i probably knew what happened and uh i'm feeling quite happy with the fact that i managed to prepare you to at least some of that stuff hopefully i didn't actually experience anything really traumatizing although there was this one moment actually where i have a metal like a military locker mm -hmm. and it, it's in my studio and i was just walking and you know the sound that you make when your arm touches metal yeah and i just walked next to it and it's this dark sound and i was like fuck that sounds exactly like the russian artillery in nikopol and now i'm i don't like that that locker anymore <laughs> Yeah, that's another thing. Knowing how Russian artillery sounds is... Uh, you learn how artillery sounds. You learn a lot of things. And uh, let me tell you, when when I'm going to get my own driver's license, when we're going to go yeah. next time, I think we can uh, we can take all this with us this time or something. I think we can manage to guide people through through some of this stuff. Really glad. Yep. Okay. Then we have a guy who can actually screw in a light bulb because we couldn't. Well, the, we didn't have a light bulb. We did have a light bulb screw in. Oh, man. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Well, I had forgotten that. Due to how everything happened, I have forgotten couple of things from that sadly what was the light Actually, bulb incident oh no we had that, we that, conditioned no that fire. was just that was just a metaphor for how incompetent we are with technical stuff oh, but i'm glad yeah, that i could yeah. gaslight you into believing that oh. was a, a light bulb victor, <laughs> victor i have learned to accept what you say and not not question it <laughs> and then again yeah you know um i would go towards the victor but then again i have so <laughs> Yeah, we did. And I want to go back there. And I hope we can go back there some other mm -hmm. place because that is really interesting. But in between that and now, I have a mountain of like two terabytes of data that I have to edit and create some kinds of documentaries from, all kinds of documentaries from. And uh, that's what's uh, determining my days at the moment. You're going to do that. No worries. I'm I working on it. You. I think the first thing might come out this week, actually. Two days ago, I met with this amazing synthesizer artist and we created some amazing 80s-style synthesizer electric sounds for the Odessa Cathedral documentary oh. that I'm working on at the moment. So that would be really interesting. That would be awesome. I would like, of course, please let me know instantly. We're going hey, to get you in the show. Oh, well, thank you. Getting featured on, on Victor's documentary is, um, it's well, it's an experience. Let me put it that way. <laughs> I, I have now understood what happens when a movie guy wants to film something and then your job as a producer is to make sure he can film that stuff in peace. And he yeah. will not listen to you. Like he will not listen. Like it's, it's better to just help him film things because then he fil films faster and then you can leave. Well, the only instance where that was really tangible was when we were literally in the lake and you guys said like, no Russian artillery is coming close. And I go like, guys... I see something, I have to check it out. And you're yeah, like yeah. left behind and I'm Do going further and further away from the shoreline, closer to the artillery. And I go like, I fucking found the Cossack village. So Dude, amazing. For, for me, for me, the biggest thing was like when you were filming those ants, because then, then I had to deal with the locals who just wanted to film all of our car and everything. It's very funny. Oh. I knew that would be a meme even before I entered Ukraine. I knew that there would be this bizarre moment where I'm just filming ants and there's a, a Zaporizhia nuclear power station next to us. Okay, okay, how did you get back? Because that's just part of the story that I would like to know because you made me extremely nervous. Oof. 
So I, I got back with three kinds of trains with mm -hmm. the car. And well, the funny thing is I got, so I got back with three kinds of trains. One of them terrible and disastrous. One of them really good service, decent train. And one of them just everything working flawless. The flawless train was in Ukraine from Kharkiv close to the front line to Kiev. Then I took a car. Then I took a terrible bus ride. Then I took a decent train in Poland. And then I took a terrible train in Germany because what the hell? And actually the German train was the newest one. So that was the whole debacle. It took me 58 hours to get from Kharkiv home. 58 sleepless hours. That oh, was dude, a thing. I mean, at this point, complaining about just 58 sleepless hours, dude. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Also, during this whole thing, we drove the same distance it would have taken us to drive from Kiev to Peking on the other side of the world because we drove up and down Ukraine oh, so, so many times. So we drove, I, one, we drove one Asia? We literally drove one Asia. Oh yeah, by the way, uh, to those of you who don't know, we have, uh, we have various measurements now. We have one Europe, we have one Helm. <laughs> helm thing was interesting. I don't exactly know if I mentioned this, but about Helm, the situation was that, that we had a hotel we wanted to stay. And of course, that hotel, which was apparently supposed to work 24-7, didn't. You know, after that, you're like, Victor says, no, no, fine, you know, I'll drive. And I, at that point, I didn't trust Victor's driving. After that, I really quickly started to do that because one, one helm, well, after that. That was not a good ride to start trusting me. I think actually the most dangerous situations we have been in were me driving tired as hell because that was really yeah, legitimate. Yeah. If we would have died in Ukraine, we would have died in a car crash. That was, that was, that, we would have that, died in a car crash. That was, that was the thing. I really, really, this is why I seriously want to reconsider my policy about, you know, that I don't know how to drive. I need to know how to drive simply because if, if we are to yeah. do things together, I need to do this because it will be impossible to, to function. Like I can't, I, I have seen Victor completely devastatedly destroyed, not just when he has to break the law one more time than usual, but because I have seen him just driving insane amounts of distances. Like, I think, you know, if, if all else fails, you could totally work as a trucker. 100% uh, problems. We, we managed to impress some Australian truckers, so mm -hmm. that's the thing. <laughs> so, I still have your box of things. Things you didn't. I didn't. have your sunglasses and your weird cream for wounds. I forgot how it's called. It's minty. Oh, yeah, that thing. Yeah. Nice. Just the, use it. Again, all the things that happened that were just sometimes weird and sometimes dangerous, but I'm just happy that you, you got all your experiences. It's really a shame that, yeah, that we got our licenses for actually doing the things we were supposed to do there only after everything's like over very late. Yeah. I couldn't do anything about it. Next time we can do some actual pre-production and go to amazing places. I think I've next, met I think some next very time, interesting next, next time I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure everything is like, you can't believe so many things in Ukraine. You can't believe roads. You don't believe people who say, oh no, it's impossible to get there. Trust me on that one. It usually is. You just have to ask really nice. <laughs> and about that part with the roads, I think one thing that I really would like to tell people, like that's what I want to show people also with the documentaries from there. Ukraine is a ridiculously high functioning country at the moment. Yeah. This is not a country at war. This is, I mean, this is country at war, but for the most part, it's working so well. People are working so well together. There's a collective feeling of everything, but you also have free time. You have people chilling on the banks of the Dnipro. You have people going on dates. You have, you have a state that is providing things that is just doing things where you, that you wouldn't expect them to do in a war, like making the city more beautiful, building more infrastructure. The infrastructure in Ukraine is very top-notch. It's of course also for military reasons useful to have that, but it's a very, very good country and i've been seriously really surprised by what how I, good everything I, works there what i really liked is that they do have their bureaucracy but if you ask them nicely if it, you ask yeah. them nicely and and you, you have to ask them nicely but you also have to assert some authority like if you need something done quickly you have yeah. to tell them you have to tell them that i need this done and i'm doing this because they because they, they will be suspicious of you sometimes but it's, yeah, not because, you, it's not because they're bad people it's because they are so focused on everything they're doing they're one with their whole yeah. bureaucracy they are one with it and they cannot they don't know how to step out of it you can tell them a few times convincingly no you don't actually have to do all of this let's just 
do the thing and and it's fine and at a certain point they start realizing like oh yeah that's actually totally not necessary the best moment of all of that and i did actually catch that moment on camera was when we had the receipts with the printed ridiculous stamp on them they came pre-printed and you gave them to a soldier and he was like oh nice it even has a stamp on it and he calls his boss and goes like yeah it doesn't have the stamp they are legit people and i actually did secretly film all of that so that's going to end up in some kind of documentary because 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 the fact that we we laughed we laughed all the way delivering those receipts about the fact that how could these things pdf files can come with like three stamps yeah and then then also we were in the very interesting situation of going to a semi-secret military base and having to tell soldiers like hi we have this receipt can you tell us the way to the secret military base please where your boss told us to deliver these things and they're like i haven't heard of this at all because (laughs) but then then you have to remember that we also had the babushka with uh, kvass oh yeah the kvass is amazing and the the most tastiest peaches i've ever i've ever tasted in my life those also, that is a very interesting thing, which will sadly go away at some point. But the whole um, food system in Ukraine is amazing. Produce they have is of crazy quality. They mostly have just regional stuff, but because it's Ukraine, it's all so good. The food in Ukraine is the second best food I know from any country after Turkey. Ukraine is the country of the best food in the world from no. my experience so far. I, I still have to, dear listeners, uh, go to Turkey with Victor. Yeah, there, there will be an Eastern border in Istanbul season. <laughs> oh, oh man. Oh, yeah, wow. I, re- I already told my friends you're coming, so it's all fine. It is okay. It's okay. Tell us about the movie stuff. You're doing what now? What can we expect? So I want to do one large documentary about Ukraine and the whole state of being at war, the state of mm-hmm. people living under war. That one, I don't have enough material yet, but we have many different smaller documentaries that are part of the process of getting to that larger documentary and i will put them out one by one the first thing i will put out is the odessa cathedral thing so we filmed for two days in the destroyed odessa cathedral already talked about it a little bit and then after that it will be just adventure episodes of all the shenanigans we've been up to because actually i could already have some videos out but i actually need a serious video to start with because there's some videos that just make us look extremely dumb although they're super Uh, easy to edit uh, i cannot put uh, them out first it does uh, to those of you who are not my listeners this is also going on victor's stuff don't trust naked guys who try to kill you yeah if they say don't drive away drive away as fast as you can because otherwise we will you will spend the whole night in a weird uh, military barracks getting have, questioned by people with masks and kalashnikovs in the room at that point we could have just driven away i believe peramoga one could have done it yeah talking about that i really uh, want to ask you did you contact today this and uh, how did the returning uh, the car uh, happen uh well i, I, I called the that. guys they say come over i said i come over in one hour i realized i can't drive for one hour so i fell asleep on the side of the road for three hours <laughs> then i came there a little bit late and uh, they were super friendly gave me a handshake they were i helped them clean up the car they uh, wanted to even drive me to the station to get to warsaw in time mm-hmm. which i didn't i had to book another ridiculously expensive train ticket because i missed the first one but hey um but yeah they love the latvian support there's some great cars there there was a really dope mercedes-benz there was a jeep all of them from latvia so actually my favorite policy in europe right now is the latvian drunk driving policy that's amazing and made the whole thing even possible for us Oh yeah, I explained that one, but just just so your guys know, uh, Latvia has this policy: if you're if you're drunk driving, like very seriously drunk driving, then they just confiscate your car and send it to Ukraine. And that is how we got our car to even drive to Ukraine. That was the second car we were supposed to drive, but that's that's a long story. I'm not I'm not gonna talk about Aldo's car and all that mess, which ended up. No, let's talk about it. Make a full thing about when we actually drove it to some place, so we don't look yeah. stupid. Because if we show half of that story, like show what yeah. happened until now, kind of looks stupid. We, I mean, we. Uh, to be honest, right? How do I put this nicely? Fucking hard not to look stupid. <laughs> with this whole thing but that, that was, it was worth it it was all that's worth why, it that's why i spent my life behind the camera not in front 
Oh yeah, nice. Then you make I'm, 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 I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the guy that looks the, the most dumb from from all of you. But that's I okay. actually got some pretty epic looking shots from you in the cathedral, so you're gonna look pretty good in that one. Well, uh, what I like the most, like I always said on, on this whole trip, Victor is the talented one. Andrew Anthony, sorry, Anthony is the the competent one, and I'm just the lucky person. <laughs> <laughs> and then I say talented Lucky. is just that I managed to do decent things without having to brain power of like actually planning for it. I just no, do we, things we, we, and then we, they we turn have, out ways. We have a good plan. We have a good plan. I do the short term planning. You do the long term planning. Yes. That, then we can get something done. Definitely. And also what's, what's very useful is to uh, have the number of people who are within slapping distance of you, because sometimes that's necessary for planning anything with you, because I can't slap you from Germany. And when I need that to, <laughs> to have you do something for me, I can just call your girlfriend. Or I can just call Aldonis now and they will come and punch you for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that is true. That is very true. Yeah, I, mean, I actually said that when I see you, I will immediately explain you the German word Backpfeife in practical terms, because the planning was um, just as adventurous as uh, the whole Ukraine trip itself. Oh, man, that's that's going to be one, one hell of a documentary. Oh, wow. And, and a great episode as well. I think I'm going to say this to now, but, but just to wrap this up uh, before... Oh, but I want to mention some news things, though. I want to mention some two news things. Because uh, I kind of have to, I promised, because my previous episode, which I just published today, was one about uh, tanks and tank firing systems with uh, Sean from Advent of Computing. I didn't see that one yet. And I, I, just I wonder also if... Literally, I, I literally published it just before we started talking. I know, but the thing is, your episodes never get shown in my main feed on Spotify. I wonder if other people have that, because you seem kind of shadow banned on Spotify for me, because you, I never get notifications from your podcast and I get from all of the other ones. So, well, um, well, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it is it is eighteen plus, and uh, my show is not kids friendly. <laughs> oh, two things yeah. that happen. Two things that happen here, uh, which I want to quickly talk about because they're they're important, and I want to hear your comments on this. And you can cut this part out for your show. It's just that I really want to put this on Eastern border. After all, okay. you yeah, are go ahead. This. So, first thing is that Igor Girkin had his second court today. Igor Girkin, our frenemy of the show, the guy that does all the commentary and those Super Z guys, and he's, he's into prison right now. They, they did an appellation trial with him, and his wife came out and said that she had hoped that the Russian courts would like let him go, and then he would have a proper big court with prison sentencing later, but they kept him in this uh, isolator thing. And it was very stupid, because apparently the Z guys are trying to, they are more and more seeing how Putin is failing everything, because he even had like a, a medal, kind of a paper that acknowledges him, like a big thank you from Putin himself. Imagine that. And that didn't save him because Putin really wanted him to be in this whole situation. Just, I don't know. My two questions are, number one, why would Girkin's wife be so naive that to actually hope that uh, Putin would somehow let her husband go somewhere out of just jail and do something? And secondly, what does it even mean? What does it say if you have like a Putin's uh, acknowledgement about your good work, good work here being exploding a passenger plane and over or Donbass, and that doesn't even help you these days? I think that's... <laughs> oh, sorry, that one caught me off guard. Thanks for exploding the Dutch people over, over Ukraine. Yeah. So, I mean, it's part of the whole system of just Putin trying to show like, oh, no, I'm obedient to the system and, and it's this whole thing and the generals are fucked up and it's not my fault and all of that and never anyone criticizing him. And he's he would help him if he could, but he has to because this is a lawful country and this guy broke the law and so on. It's kind of part of that, that whole theater. But what I also would like to comment on is uh, whenever there's anything happened with Igor Gurkin, I know he's one of the smarter guys from this whole war, but it's very hard to have any photographed event with Igor Gurkin and not have it look very cringe boomery because he looks like a cringe boomer all the time. Oh, he does now. He has a long white beard, by the way. He's oh, grown yeah, his beard. It's just, just crazy. He looks like he's going bird watching. <laughs> the second thing, by the way, is that today was Prigozhin's funeral, which I really wanted to mention on this. We spoke about this before. And people just noticed that, uh, first of all, there were fake graves for commanders and everything and fake ceremonies all over the place, all over St. Petersburg, because they didn't want to, they kind of didn't want to show where Prigozhin would be buried just because they, uh, you know, that would be suspicious and they didn't want any disorderly things happening. However, at the same time, they, at the end, um, buried him in one of the graveyards. And this comes from Alexander Nevzorov, who also grew up in St. Petersburg. And Putin grew up in St. Petersburg. 
And apparently there's a river, which is, uh, which is two names, and one of these names is Lupa, as that apparently is how the locals call the whole river. And Prigozhin was buried in the graveyard that's on the other side of the river, which would translate to Zalupoy. And no one in St. Petersburg, apparently in slang or street or anywhere else, calls it anyway, but, uh, you know, you get your apartment in Zalupa, and Zalupa is also the name for foreskin, which is interesting. So uh, Putin would know this, because Putin grew up in the 90s there, and that's just another fuck you to Prigozhin and everything. It's just... It's just amazing how how he does these things. It's just uh, it's innocent, but it's at the same time it's another it's another jab at all this stuff. It's amazing. I can absolutely see Putin <laughs> laughing about this and just trying to dishonor him one last time. And does it does it make him a petuch if he gets buried under the foreskin? Ah, I, mean, uh, I don't think you can be can be uh, become a petuch after death. I mean, it is until death kind of thing. Uh, just like Putin staying in power, which is stupid, but it is what it is. <laughs> The dumbest part about all this situation is that, yeah, I, I don't think that he's going to live through. Another other thing that, that ties together with the trip, how do you look at all these people right now, many Western countries who are like, oh, we have to find a deal with Russia and all this stuff. Has your views changed or, or, or improved or, or what have you noticed about all these people who want to make these deals about everything? Uh, well, I mean, I just drove uh, to Wuppertal back from Dortmund. And if you drive into Dortmund, there's this giant graffiti on one of the most prominent buildings that says peace now and i wonder what that means because they didn't post this with a ukraine flag or anything so there's actually lots of people here who are very critical i came back and the first person i talked to came to me and said like oh yeah did you go camping i was like no i actually came back from ukraine and i was like ukraine why not russia <laughs> what oh, you, you know believe all those things you don't don't believe the media and everything who's saying actually ukraine deserves to be occupied by russia because of blah 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 i'm like how the fuck am i supposed to believe the media dude i told him i am the media oh, yeah, what yeah, do I, you want i wanted to say that you should have you should have told them yeah dude you are the media what i the did tell him you? that yeah because what else it's ridiculous there's this it's this kind of cynicism i think it correlates with There's this certain thing also with the Nazi party in Germany and all of that. It's, it's not, not Nazi party, but you know, the Alternative for Deutschland, the whole anti-system party and all of that. It's the people who are just very nihilistic about democracy, about the whole system, who cannot believe that elections can be true, who don't believe. The same thing that Putin can't believe, that you can be free, that this is a country where actually lots of people are working very hard to make lives for others better. There's corrupt people, there's idiots, and those are our internal issues that we have to fight against. But some people are just nihilistic about it, don't believe in all of that, and just want everything, everything to go down in flames. Those are the kinds of people who then start to glorify Russia and to just to just because they're frustrated about the system. I think it's basically that. Yeah, but the, the whole system thing and everything, it's not like Ukrainians chose to invade anyone themselves. They didn't do this. And I firmly believe that the nice place where we stayed in Odessa, they would be much happier if we would just arrive there just as tourists, you know. If, if Definitely. They, 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 would rather, they would rather hold on to their uh, massive party, which they were having, than uh, do anything of the sort that, you know, they, they don't want the war thing. They don't want anything horrible. What they want to do is that they want to have, you know, a nice beach party. That's what this whole thing is about. Like Odessa itself is a place where if you can go to, it's even hard to explain this to people, but look, Odessa is the spot where you go, they'll cheat the cops just to give you a better deal and so that you can eat dinner there in a place. Yeah, It literally happened to us, okay? So any argument that, oh no, like Ukraine is somehow guilty in any of this is just, it's just nonsense. Like, Ukraine is an amazing country and, and people really should go there and have yeah. a fun time and learn, like learn how, how cooperative everybody is, how driving actually is amazing in Ukraine. Like the Ukraine is some of the drivers, like Kiev is a very chaotic city, but everybody kind of works together. Everything really cool in Ukraine. We can learn a lot of things from there and actually i tell you one thing um so you know i also work with ngos and all of that european mobility stuff and everything mm -hmm. after this war is over we're going to send a lot of people to ukraine for projects so we, let's actually do something all oh, about way, that that i well we're gonna have to first you reminded me i'm gonna take a look and uh, do the thing that you sent me first the thing oh, about the Erasmus yes stuff. i have to do it now and i will do that do it yeah. today I will do it just as we finish this. And uh, I think now it's time to, to wrap this up. So at least in my part, 
So any last wrap-up words, Victor? You can just mention love. Love is nice. And then fat kid with a gun deserves some love. I would like to say one thing. Mm-hmm. Love is a place. Love is a thing. That's what we believe in. That's why we do all of this. And feed him gravel. Yeah. It's a I stupid really joke. It's a stupid joke. But Victor yeah. will, will explain it to you someday. Love is a place. Love is a thing. You and know, it's in Ukraine. Makes, you know, it also makes me happy. Everything. Because happiness is mandatory. Guys, so those of you who are on Instagram, go follow me on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, at Victor Nordland. He will put it in the description. Go follow me on YouTube. Uh, there will be a link to the channel where I will be very soon, probably by Friday, releasing the first documentary work from ukraine and go follow me on twitter if you want to i'm trying to build a twitter account while the whole thing is going down in flames i'm starting with twitter great thing to do yeah that sounds like a great thing to do starting on twitter right now probably not best time it's the best time okay once again this is i will post links on everything if i forget about that message me and that those will appear and then victor will yell at me victor is the hero of the eastern border i know <laughs> that much so yeah that's about it this is thank you for listening to the eastern border show if you have any questions or comments go to our website theeasternborder.lv and leave a comment there or email us at theeasternborder at gmail.com we'll be sure to answer you can also follow us on social media and contact us there if you enjoyed this episode then leave us a review on apple podcasts and tell your friends about us it really helps us grow the show and remember happiness is mandatory Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.